For the Sports Blast, Ashish Sharma. What you have here is a solid foundation of young talent. All you have to go out and do is get the big bopper. Everyone in this room is now dumber. May God have mercy on your soul. I am going to smack you so hard. I will smack your face off of your face. Ryan Roach. He can get on base, he can walk, he can hit, and he can steal back. That's the key. They missed that element last year in the leadoff position. Sports. Dave Pollard. is facing more outrageous scoring chances. In a weird way, the defense sucking as much as it has. He's becoming more adept at making bigger saves. He's absolutely right. And Mark Lizelle. You have a great coach of Brad Stevens. You want him to stick around. You want him to have confidence in this team. Here's the key part. You start winning games that matter. Down the stretch, you have to win these games. There are playoff implications on the line. The Sports Blast. What the hell are you doing? Only on ESPN New Hampshire. This is awesome. No, 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 What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Sports Blast here on ESPN New Hampshire and ESPNNHradio.com. As always, I'm Ashish Sharma, joined by Brian Roach, Dave Pard, and Mark Lazell. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Sorry, going? I wasn't really sure what I was going to say. What's going on with you, man? What's going on? <laughs> Not much. A little bit of a two-week hiatus that uh, you're back from, Dave, right? Uh, uh, yes. We're, off, uh, we're back from a one-week hiatus. Yes, from last we've all week. had a little break. We're all probably a little bit rusty at the moment. That's why I was so... Uh, Weird with my open there, but <laughs> but it's been a great week for Boston sports. I mean, there's a lot of storylines going on. Yeah, you know, yeah, pretty much there's a lot happening this past week in Boston sports. So we picked a good week to come back. Yeah, we did. that, you also or- there, that by the way? Orioles rivalry is starting to heat up. Manny Machado is the new villain of Fenway Park. Adam I, Jones, I, and the I whole say, thing. That right, we're get into that, that was interesting. We will as well. get into that as well. And then Isaiah Thomas dropping 53 points on uh, Tuesday night. No big One of deal. the best postseason performances of all time. You were there. And then dropping a dud of and 13 And then, of points. course, they get crushed the following day, uh, the following game on Thursday night uh, in Washington. So I was telling you yesterday that to get to. they were due for a loss after winning six straight. They weren't due for an ass-whipping, though. Uh, no, was. they got they got annihilated down there. And I think that a lot of people sort of thought to themselves after the two games, oh, this series is over. I mean, there's no way that Washington's going to come back. I still think the Celtics are going to win the series, but I think it's foolish to have thought after two games and how close they were, not to mention how Washington got out to two huge leads in game one and two. And that goes back to the regular season as well, where they've taken big leads over the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, and in a place like the Verizon, what is it, the Verizon Wireless Arena? Nope, just Fire, Ver- Verizon Center. The we Verizon had, we had Center this down. discussion on the way out. <laughs> the funny. Verizon Center down in Washington has not been a friendly place for the Celtics. Um, no, they've been ass whooped. Absolutely. There. And Washington plays really well there. They've got one of the best home records in the league. So I don't know why anyone thought that it was going to be a cakewalk going down to Washington for the following two games. When and the, it showed well, on Thursday. I mean, I mean, when you go up 2 nothing, Well, you, kind of you didn't really like go up 2 nothing. You were down like double digits after the first quarter in both games. Right. Yeah, th- they got their butts kicked. And hostility is all over the place with this series. A lot of guys don't like each other. KO, KO crime. Yup. And, and you had uh, George Jarepko and Mahimi going at it. And, and you had uh, Brandon Rozier. Jennings and Terry Rozier. So th- this is a great yeah, Brad series. Stevens that, getting a technical. I don't know what it is about right now with Boston and that area of the country. I was about to say Baltimore, D.C. area. Yeah. Like they just don't like that area right now. There's a heated rivalry. They fight. Yeah, there's something Love going it. on there. But hey, I- I'll tell you what. This is sort of what basketball is missing a lot of times. I feel like is it not necessarily toughness because I think that in the playoffs the intensity gets ramped up, mm-hmm. you know, to some degree. But I mean, there's hatred here. I like There's it. hatred between Washington and the Celtics. And it really goes back to that regular season game. If you remember, they went down to Washington and they wore the all-black. Did the Wizards? Well, the game... Uh, bef- getting ready for a Celtics funeral. Remember well, that? The game beforehand, it was uh, Jay Crowder and John Wall going at it. John Wall like pointed uh, to Jay Crowder's nose and basically touched him, and Jay Crowder flipped out. Um, you know, it's stuff like that, though, that makes it I worth it was watching. the other way around. At least we don't have Rondo tripping people. Wasn't it Jake Crowder touching John Wall's nose? Either way. I, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, Someone way, touched someone's yeah, nose and they someone, didn't like it. Exactly. Would you like it if someone touched your nose? No. You? It's an invasion of personal space. Well, you if don't someone do that, you, you cared like, about it, it's fine. 
Well, but yeah, the, but if I came up to you right now and I smacked you across the face or, like, at least your what? nose, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's the difference between touching someone's nose. It's just annoying, if anything. But right. the, I guess the silver lining behind this, though, is John Wall and Isaiah Thomas have mutual respect for each other. So um, the so two, you think. The two leaders uh, – no, they do. So you They think. definitely do. Off the court, it's different from on the court. That's how it usually is. But with John Wall, you know, he's an explosive guy. He's an elite player in this league. So him and Isaiah see eye to eye. They know what their initial goal is. Um, so, you know, they're talented players. They can make shots when, it's, when it matters. So um, not necessarily does I, Isaiah Thomas doesn't really make his players better around him. John Wall does. So I think that's the difference between the two. Um, but, I mean, John Wall is fun to watch. This series is fun because of, you know, the two teams going at it, but also the talent that's on the floor. Yeah, who do you think has more talent overall? That's, I think, been sort of a... So uh, an overlying question because overall, the, the starting five of the Wizards watch, is yeah. more talented. Oh, yes, same. but then Deeper, yeah. they go to the bench and it's awful. And it's that sort of old question now with the NBA is, does that matter if you have a deeper bench? Does that matter at all when you have the better talent in your starting five? It doesn't it does. matter if you, it doesn't matter if you have a, a talented starting five. It right. matters if you have depth. Right, because you need depth is huge. You need people to come in to hold hold the fort down. Well, well yeah, when Isaiah's out and Avery well, no, Bradley, I, we're talking about Washington. Uh, Washington has a way superior starting five. Right, but what I'm saying from a standpoint, so there's two different animals here. You have the Celtics who have a lot of depth. They have gritty guys. They're determined players. Then you have the Wizards who just have talent. Okay, and the starting well, yeah, five but is Gortat is Gortat is an insane pick and roll player. Yeah, like he's unstoppable, and he's sometimes. also gritty. He he gets he gets the offensive boards. He right, but when you have uh, a bench, you know, a bench like the Celtics do, right, you have to have that grit. Whereas if you have the starting lineup, yeah. you know, that stacked is Ubre going to be really suspended? Don't. By the way, that's why he I should wanna, be. Yeah, I I think he should be. There's no well, word on that yet. We'll keep an eye on I, that. I think that he will be suspended. But I think when you're talking about the talent of the starting five of the Wizards, it speaks to the larger issue in this series if you're the Celtics, which is that you're getting off to horrible starts yeah. against this starting five. There's yep. a reason for it. It's because the starting five of the Wizards it's is same. better. Yep. And once you get into the rotations and you start getting to your bench players uh, later in the game, I think that's been what sort of allowed the Celtics to climb back into games one and games two. Except in game yeah, three. But, I don't know but what in happened game, in game three. Look, they were, they were <laughs> on the road in a tough place to play, and Washington plays well at home. So I think when you combine those two factors, if you allow Washington to get out to a lead like that on their home court, you're not going to be able to come back the well, way you did in games one and two. Yeah, and I think it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. I mean, we saw it in game one. They went down 16 to nothing. Then in game two, I think they were down like close to 17 points. The Celtics had to fight back. And I'm telling you right now, if they had these kind of starts in Washington, like Dave said, you, you can't come you can't back fight easily. Back. Yeah. You can't fight back because the they didn't even try. Well, I, the I, contrib- I think they gave the up. The biggest in the third contributing quarter. factor is that Isaiah Thomas attempted eight shots from the field. Well, yeah, that but that can't happen. And he was seven for eleven from the free throw line. I mean, it's only four points, but I mean, it still matters. Like every little point matters. But I, I think the main point in this entire series is the energy from the Wizards in in Game Three was huge because Kelly Oubre did that for a reason to wake the Wizards up. Well, it also could have went were... the other way, too, right? It could have, but it, it did Couldn't that have jolted the Celtics? I mean, at that point, they're down 20 already. Yeah, so but Kelly Olenek didn't have the uh, reaction that everybody yeah, thought. But I, I, I agree with more, more with Dave, though. I mean, the team that's usually down can use that. I mean, like, if you're up 20, why do you need a spark at that point? That's right, true. right. It, it, it's just sort of a dumb play, in my opinion, that takes, uh, that takes Oubre out of the game. And uh, could potentially have him suspended at that right. point. And that, yeah, even, you're up that hurts their bench depth even more. But like, you know, if you're gonna use the argument of like you want to give your team a spark, you're already up 20 points. That's not the time to do it. If right. you're trying to be physical and give your team a spark, and you're up maybe five points, maybe 10 points, I get that to an extent. But even then, that that's still a dumb, selfish play. No, it is. But what I'm saying is, in the entire series, I'm not looking at just the game. Because the entire series matters. Like, it goes game by game. But also, if you're getting your butts kicked, you know, down the stretch in Boston, you want to come out and show a little more fight. You want to dominate the game in more ways than one. Not just by scoring more points. It's showing the mentality to say, hey, we're here for a reason. You know, we're one of the best teams in the East because of where we are at and where we finished in the regular season. 
So I, I think it's the total package more than just the game. You know, Kelly Oubre is a liability to the Wizards anyway. He doesn't really bring much to the table. So he's a young player. He's, you know, very uh, immature. You know, it was premature for him to do that. I mean, to, to not realize the consequences that he may face. You know, he loses that game, but also he might lose another game moving forward. Right. And I recognize that. But he's also a guy that just shoots 30% from the field. Yeah, not a know, good offensive player. And not defensive either. But um, I, I think there's, like I said, like you said, Dave, a bunch of storylines in, inside of this game that really gets you going and you know keeps you intrigued and entertained the entire series. Yeah, and I'd, I'd kind of like to switch the focus over to what happened on the floor because, yeah, you can go ahead and say, ah, scheduled loss, the Celtics have won six games straight. Um, and, you know, at home court for the Wizards is obviously a thing, but on the floor there, the Celtics didn't play defense. Awful. They, they played horrific defense. There were so many instances of... You the could Wizards tell there was, actually played defense. Well, and there was hesitation <laughs> on the Celtics' part, I think, to put a hand in a lot of these shooters' faces, especially John Wall. There were several times uh, he's got way too much space to be able to shoot, and he's way too talented a player to give him that much space. And I remember games one and games two thinking to myself, wow, they're really getting in the Wizards' faces. They're making things difficult for them. They didn't do that in game three. So there was definitely sort of a, a laziness that I think in, in game three for the Celtics that contributed to them losing by as much as they did. I think the matchups were huge in that game because uh, Avery Bradley was playing John Wall. And I think the way that the Wizards thought was if we could somehow switch Avery Bradley with Isaiah Thomas, John Wall can go to work and use his length. And I think that's what they mostly did was do a pick and roll with, with the two guards. Well, and, and so it's kind of made a switch. So John Wall just played with Isaiah Thomas the entire game and all the guards. Well, the thing is, what they weren't doing the first two games was attacking Isaiah Thomas on defense. They should have. Mm-hmm. And Brad Stevens was doing a good job of hiding him on the defensive end. Right. And in game three, it was just attack it, Isaiah. Yeah, and that's probably why he didn't shoot as much, because he was tired on the defensive end. Exactly no, definitely right. possible. Well, while we're on the uh, topic of Isaiah Thomas, though, this is something that Mark and I got into a heated discussion about that I want to bring up now, is that, at least in my opinion, Isaiah Thomas is changing the perception of what he's capable of mm-hmm. in the postseason by the day. Now, look, he's a defensive liability. It's he one, always has been, always will be. One but season. I understand that. But I'm just saying that up until this point, we've talked about you know, Isaiah Thomas is a star. He's not a superstar. And I still don't think he's a superstar. But right now Borderline. in the postseason, I think he is more on the precipice of being a superstar than I did a month ago. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. But you're going to ask it, and I don't think he's worth it. The max contract. I think he's worth the I think if you're Danny Ainge, he, you walk in right now and you say, if you agree to a max contract right now, let's do it. I think he's starting to show that yep. he's sort of worth it. I mean, what do we always talk about when we were when we were talking about Isaiah in the regular season? He's a B player playing at an A level. Well, I don't know about that anymore. I think at this point I don't he's know an A. About uh, that. If you Look, play at an A level long enough, you're an A player. When a guy no. shows up at this how, time of year in the postseason, How long has Brian? he played like this? When has he ever had an opportunity to really do this in the postseason? Uh, last year. Yeah, for one series, and we all know that the Celtics weren't ready. Yes, and neither was he. But obviously. he is. But he seems to be now. When you is agree, he though? When you agree, he's up he's this aver- game. Yeah, he's averaging twenty six points and six. I mean, assists how, how can you not agree? Game two against the Bulls. He's got the what the second most uh, average so, points so, per game besides well, LeBron. And so the what playoffs? about game one? Why isn't that averaged in? Because what do you mean I mean, game like, one. No, I'm saying he's averaging twenty six and six since the series with the Bulls, from game three against the Bulls onwards. Uh, okay. And what about game one and two? No, the reason I'm saying that is because <laughs> since Why are you then he's going to because games. I'm looking at the well, six-game winning streak, And Ryan. we all know okay. what was going on in games one and games we two We know that he Isaiah wasn't emotionally Thomas. right at that point. And I think that the team sort of follows suit there. I mean, we talked about before that, you know, it may have been hard for the team to really get to work and play basketball with Isaiah in the state that I'm he just was saying, emotionally. I'm just saying, if you're being paid max money, you don't have a night to take so, off. So let's just get back to the max contract discussion because I think what we've talked about all regular season long with regards to Isaiah is, yes, he's performing well at a very high caliber. We thought he would finish top three in the MVP voting this year for the most part. Yep. Uh, top when, five. W- what, but what did we say we needed to see? We needed to see when the intensity got ramped up and teams were keying in on Isaiah in the postseason, when it's more difficult to score and create space and create your own shot, can he do it? And he's doing it. So when a guy is doing it, when you thought maybe he wasn't worth the max contract and he starts showing you in the postseason 
that he can hit those shots, that he can put up big points in big games, then you got to look at it again and reevaluate. It's a different it's a different time than it was four weeks ago for Isaiah. I, 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 will, so. I, I will say that as long as Isaiah Thomas is in a Celtics uniform and you can argue against me all you want, I just don't think that the Celtics will win an NBA I, championship. I you agree have to with give you. an actual reason at this point. There's no reason to believe that they can't get to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's they're not two, the, they're that's two not games away. I don't, and I don't once think you get there, the reason, anything can happen. No. The reason why once you get there, LeBron will shut you down and go to the Finals. That's... That's what it is. Yeah, and the comparison with uh, Allen Iverson is right on the money, I, I think. I, I mean, you know, his height, is, it is what it is, okay? It comes with it. But when you talk about, you know, a, a pure scorer, pure scorer, yes, there's Kobe Bryant, there's MJ, there's all these other players in the past that have won championships just out of pure scoring. But when it comes to Isaiah Thomas, he's not a facilitator. Like he, he neither d- was Allen Iverson. That's my so, point. No, no, so are you saying the Sixers made a mistake by drafting Allen Iverson? No, no, no. I'm not saying that by any means. I'm just saying let's pump the brakes because Philadelphia made it to the NBA Finals how many times, boys? Once against the L.A. Lakers. And they, they, didn't they get swept? They got swept. They didn't win. So my point is, yeah, uh, Allen Iverson had, like, you know, Derek Coleman and Eric Snow and, you know, all the, Aaron McKee, all these guys around him that were mediocre. And you could say the same thing about Isaiah Thomas currently. But when you talk about a puring aspect, scoring titles, yes, in the regular season, he's bonafide. Okay, but you're talking about regular, I mean, postseason. I just don't think he can get it done for a standpoint of an NBA championship. Agreed. So, they Mark, I, I think one of the long. arguments, though, that I've always had against him not being a facilitator is who else can shoot on this team? It's Isaiah, and that's it. Well, so he, he has well, to yeah, shoot but Isaiah, the rock. Maybe Bradley's been put Isaiah, but, but, I mean, not, not the way that Isaiah no, can, no, you know, no. not the way yeah. that Isaiah is capable of. So I think right. that, yes, you're right about one thing. Isaiah is not the guy to lead this team to a championship, but he can absolutely be a part of a championship Well, roster. yeah, but if you pay him a max, if you pay him a yeah, max deal, you don't have room for anything else. If you pay else. him a max deal and you do something about Jarebko next year or you do something about one of your other guys like a Gerald Green or someone that you can d- uh, or uh, Amir Johnson for crying yes, out loud who's making over 10 million a year. You still don't have enough room for another max yes, deal. Yes, you do. If you get rid of if you get rid of some money like Amir Johnson and a Jonas Jarebko, you can make jo- enough you can make Jarebko's enough space. making like 2 million. You can make enough space by <laughs> Dumping certain players on your roster, certain depth players, to be able to sign a max free agent, Gordon Hayward perhaps, and you can keep that pick. Then you're talking about something here with this Celtics team because we're starting to see that Isaiah can be a big-time postseason performer. That was the one question with this guy. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's not the guy to lead you to the promised land, but he could easily be a two on a championship team. If you get another guy on this roster, there's no reason Isaiah can't be part of a championship roster. Yeah, that's a good point. Dave, but um, you know, I, I think they have like thirty million dollars to spend if they do get rid of Amir Johnson and Jonas Jarepko and all these contracts coming off the books. Um, so I, they could make a shot at the Gordon Hayward and then get Markel Fultz in the draft. I think that's ideal. But then moving forward, you also have to key in the factor of you still need more money to throw at Isaiah Thomas. So you're going to have to trade Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, some of those pieces, and utilize that money to sign Isaiah Thomas, which could happen. But can we continue this when we get Yeah, back? of course. I, I got a lot to say on this, whether or not they end up taking Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball with what we think will be the number one pick for the Celtics. But right. just quickly going back to Amir Johnson before we go to break, uh, he's coming off the books, $12 million this year. Yeah. So there you go. Good chunk of that's change. Com- that's coming off the books. Yeah, that'll help. Uh, I, I said thirty million dollars they'll have they'll have to spend if they get rid of all the right guys. All right. Well, we'll come back talking more about this. Six zero three eight eight three nine nine zero zero. It's the Sports Blast on ESPN New Hampshire. Hi, everyone. I'm meteorologist Mark Rosenthal, and my weather forecast today is being brought to you by Stratum Tire. Spring has finally arrived, so now's the time to come on into a Stratum Tire location near you and take advantage of their spring pothole specials. 20% off spring tire changeovers and alignments, half-off state inspections, deeply discounted oil chain specials, tires in every price range with a great selection of top brand names and a value price line, too. Visit Stratum Tire to schedule your service online today. Yo, everybody get up! Everybody get up! Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. 
And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. When you need spends a little too much time in the sun relief. Yikes. Ow, what the? Attack of the angry mosquito relief. Hey, watch this. Scraped knees. And an elbow. Relief. You need new Gold Bond Pain and Itch Relief Cream with Lidocaine. Gold Bond has the maximum strength lidocaine available without a prescription and starts working on contact to numb away pain and itch. New Gold Bond with Lidocaine. Relief starts now. Use as directed. Losing our signal? You can always hear us on the TuneIn app. We are 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? <laughs> it's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? GreenerGadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. Captain Eric Lawrence needed help after a paralyzing injury in Afghanistan. PVA helped me write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Red Sox began their three-game series against the Minnesota Twins last night. Despite a late comeback, the Twins got a walk-off homer in the ninth from Joe Maurer to beat the Sox 4-3. Their road trip continues today. Rick Porcello on the hill for the Sox. First pitch is at 2-10. Cleveland beat the Raptors last night in the NBA Eastern Conference semifinals. That was Game 3. It was a 115-94 win for the Cavs. LeBron James led Cleveland with 35 points. Cleveland has not lost a game all postseason. They now lead the series against the Raptors 3-0. And in the Western Conference, the Spurs beat the Rockets 103-92 in Game 3 to take a 2-1 series lead. The Celtics are coming off a huge loss in Game 3 to the Wizards on Thursday. They lead the series 2-1. Game 4 is in Washington again tomorrow. Tip-off from the Verizon Center is at 6-30. In the NHL playoffs last night, the Blues beat Nashville 2-1 to stave off elimination. The Preds lead that series 3-2. And the Ducks beat the Oilers 4-3 in overtime to take a 3-2 series lead. And the 143rd running of the Kentucky Derby is today. That begins at 6 o'clock. You can catch the race on NBC. Coverage begins at 2.30. With your SportsCenter update, I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Um, today is my sister's birthday. So she would have been 23 today. Well, at least I can do is go out there and play for her. Isaiah Thomas! Tremendous layup by Thomas! I'm living in that 21st century, doing something Thomas. mean to it. Love it up! Thomas! Off the delivery by Isaiah Thomas! sister wouldn't want me to stop. The only thing about it is once I leave this gym, I hit reality and she's not here. So that's the that's the tough part. But when I'm when I'm in this when I'm in this arena, I can I can lock in and, and I know everything I do is for her. Thomas. He's got it. Isaiah Thomas from long range. Thomas gets it back. 12 to shoot. Mismatch against Gortok. Isaiah Thomas drives in. Kicks it out. Rozier, big shot. Oh, he's got it. We are tied at 110 of 
Isaiah Thomas to bounce. Horford fills the lane and he lays it in. Beautiful setup by Thomas. Thomas gets a step on wall. Morris there to greet him. Thomas with the flip. Isaiah Thomas, 46 points. Defeating him. Isaiah Thomas to the hole. Isaiah Thomas is a machine. I mean, y'all know what time it is. Thomas crosses. Don't have any answer. They tried switches. They tried traffic going under Isaiah Thomas right now in a zone. Thomas. It goes. Caps off a remarkable night for Isaiah Thomas. 53 points. And Boston has run away with it. Boston wins the battle in game two. Celtics. Victorious in overtime. Epic performance from Isaiah Thomas. My sister. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday. She would have been 23 today. So everything I do is for her. And she's watching over me. So that's all her. No one means to have all that power. 603-883-9900. Back here on the Sports Blast. ESPN New Hampshire and ESPN NHRadio.com. Just picking up with the conversation we were having about Isaiah Thomas. I know this is looking forward a little bit past the postseason, but mm -hmm. Dave and I seem to be of the, the same mindset that Isaiah Thomas is a guy that you can really get behind if you're the Celtics here. Again, we were talking about it all year long. How much of a star is Isaiah Thomas? Is he on the precipice of being a superstar? I would say at this point he has proven yes. And the next logical place to go in that argument is what does that do for you if you're Danny Ainge heading into the draft? If you end up with the number one overall pick, Brooklyn's pick, do you take either Alonzo Ball or Markel Fultz, or do you pass on that, go with someone else, and commit to Isaiah Thomas long-term with a max contract? So I think that it just leaves more options for him, doesn't it? You can, you can sort of decide what's best for your team at that point when the draft comes around. Do we want to use this pick in a trade? Or do we want to maybe go out and sign a free agent like Gordon Hayward and use the pick? And, and then you've sort of set yourself up to have success now, and if that pick turns out to be a good one, and the player can develop into even close to a superstar, now you're talking, you're having long-term success here on this team. And I think that, more so than anything, if you, if you listen to uh, Wick Grossback and you listen to Danny Ainge, that's what they're trying to do here. They're not trying to have a flash-in-the-pan team. No. They want long-term success, multiple runs to an NBA final. Really, the, the ultimate goal here is to win a championship with this team. I think that they've been smart about it, honestly. And I know that we we sort of complained at the deadline, right? Why didn't you at least add a rebounder? You know, you needed a guy that could grab you some boards in the postseason if you got to this point, if you got up against Cleveland. But you know what? Look at the Toronto Raptors right now. They went out. They made some moves. Yeah, they they got, made their roster better. They got Serge Ibaka, a guy that can grab them boards. Guess what? I don't think they made them better, but... It didn't do anything. Yeah. In, re in reality, Cleveland was still worlds better than you. So you didn't waste any of your assets here at the trade deadline. And I think that now, looking back on it, even though we argued about it and we complained about it... Pretty smart It was move. pretty smart. Yeah. Because you weren't going to beat Cleveland. And I know that that sucks that the NBA has no parity. It's one of the biggest issues that I have with it. But at the same time, that's the league that you're in. And if the goal is to win a championship, then you've got to be smart about what you do with all those assets. So I think that going into this uh, offseason, you've got a couple different options. And, yeah. I, and I don't think that any of them really are bad options when we're talking about how Isaiah is performing. And just to touch on one other thing, with this, with this league, we see a lot of the superstars, you know, they don't always have the greatest attitude or anything like that. Isaiah Thomas, for what it's worth, if he's not going to put up points... I almost don't need him to. I almost don't need him to produce at a superstar level because what he showed us here during these playoffs is that he's one of the toughest players in the league. He's going to be there to lift your team up, even when he's hurt or going through uh, emotional issues. Yeah. You know, like he's, he lost his sister right at the beginning of this postseason. He hasn't missed a second. That's the kind of guy I want on an NBA roster because there's not a lot of players like that in this league. Yeah, and Dave, I mean, all the you know traits that he has and the flexibility that the Celtics have, it does say that you know they can make a run at maybe one or two NBA titles with him. I'm not saying that 
you know, they're, they're going to win it. But I, I really think, you know, the small small guys get a lot of um, grief in, in the NBA. And I, I think the way that Isaiah Thomas plays with his, you know, passion and to to make all of us, you know, uh, Avery Bradley better, Al Horford better, um, I think it's ingredients for him to be a successful player. Like you said, maybe he becomes a piece of a championship title team. I don't think he is the guy. So, you know, I, I think right now he is compared to Allen Iverson the proper way because he is a scoring and, guard. And here's the thing. Maybe that's why Allen Iverson never won a title. Allen Iverson, as great as he was, pound for pound at his size, the greatest player in NBA history given the size right. that he was, maybe Allen Iverson should have never been the number one on his team. No. Maybe he should have been the number two, and the Sixers never did that for him. And then he became a journeyman, and he played with the Nuggets, and he went and played with the Grizzlies. And that's why he never won a championship, is maybe he needed that, you know, a, a big man. You know, like how Kobe had Shaq, and then he had Powell. Although by the time he got Powell, Kobe was the number one. Allen Iverson never had that other guy that he could play with. So maybe that's what they need with Isaiah Thomas, is they need to bring another guy. And you keep talking, Mark, about bringing in Gordon Hayward, and that's why they shouldn't commit to Isaiah Thomas. Why can't you bo- give them both max contracts and move some rosters like move some stuff around here. I if Danny Ainge really wanted to pay them both max contracts, he can dump guys left and right and make the room. Well, yeah, but yeah. you need to fill out the roster. He'll still. fill out the roster, but How he can change the roster. Look at the depth on this roster right now. Look at what the Celtics did between the 06-07. Look at what the Celtics did between 06-07 and 07-08. Drastically different. You kept Paul Pierce. You kept Rajon Rondo, who was a rookie the previous year, and then you total overhaul with the rest of the roster why can't you do that again and just keep the pieces that you want I I think Brad Stevens just loves continuity he's been all about it he comes from Butler okay Uh, AJ Graves um, Gordon Hayward he loves these guards and these guys always stay until the fourth year and the reason why is because they live with Brad Stevens, like in 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 the basketball life. Okay? Well, yeah, but Gordon Hayward can also be a stretch three. He could, he could be a stretch three. He could be a, a two guard. He could play point. He could he could do it all. Yeah, I, I think he is overlooked in the West because you guys you got guys like James Harden, you guys uh, Steph Curry, Leonard. Uh, yeah, I fine. Could go on so on. that's fine. He gets overlooked, but that doesn't mean you can't bring him here to play with Isaiah Thomas. They play two different positions. You can make the room. Given the salary cap space that they can make, it's to not pay them both. Yeah, but it's not, not as that. flexible yes. as the NFL one. No, it's not. But look, with the depth that you have on this team and how deep your bench is, you get rid of three or four guys off this roster, and you add Gordon Hayward. You're better overall. You still have depth. I think that they can easily pull that off. It's like we said, Amir Johnson coming off the books is I'll, a I'll, huge yeah, chunk of change. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have to look at the financial obligations that everyone's owed and how much it would cost to get, get Jon- Gordon Jon- Hayward. Jonas has five. Yeah. Gerald has five. Um, Amir Johnson has t- 12. Right. Right? That's 22 right there coming off the books. It's practically your max contract. But and they have like other contracts coming off the books. I forget who, but they have like eight more million dollars. So it comes out to thirty million. And, and let's not forget that right now, and how much currently would constituted, I say they already have room for one more max contract guy. Yeah. You only need to make room for a second max contract guy if you want to keep Isaiah at a max deal. You already have Horford at a max deal. Well, yes, you but move those players off the roster. As yes, Mark just but you mentioned. also need to. Uh, like refill out the roster the rest of the way, so you can't spend okay, all so the money on the two but match you just, contracts. You just guys. name three guys that if you get rid of them and you yeah. get the money off the books, you basically have your max contract money for that third max contract guy. If it's Gordon Hayward, then that's a free agent coming here, right. and you can make your first round pick. And you've got Jalen Brown, who's who's contributing already and still developing. You, you, you can still, still keep need... Avery Bradley yeah. and Marcus Smart. Okay. Your You're... depth is is fantastic. I'm not talking about depth. I'm talking about just bodies wise. You need to make sure there's enough money for there the will be. lower end. There of the will bench. be. There is a way for them to do this. There is. You sure? You don't know. Yes. Do you know how much Gordon Hayward's going to cost? I haven't crunched the numbers, but so I know he's going to go. Look, like- he, <laughs> Brian, he's going to cost you a max contract. All right. I guarantee you, if you look at these there's numbers, different- we're going to be able to find a way to make it so that you can have Isaiah. Uh, There's a way, but I just want to make sure it works out financially. That's all I'm saying. It it will work out financially. There is a way to make it happen. Absolutely. And and I I hate playing GM, but at the same time, I I look at the flexibility that the Celtics have, and they don't necessarily have to just flat out sign Gordon Hayward. They can do a sign and trade. And I think if they want to sign Isaiah Thomas to an extension, 
that's the way to do it because you can trade Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder and maybe another pick moving forward for a guy like Gordon Hayward. That way you still have the $22 million plus to give the money to Isaiah Thomas for an extension. Sure. So, and, and there's different levels of max contracts right. here. You know, uh, two-year two, two guys, um, I think they can make an extension. But like Paul George, for instance, okay, he's getting $130 million right now. If he makes first-team All-NBA, he gets an, uh, another $70 million added to his contract. So it's $200 million. Okay, so that's a different t- type of level to right. the max contract. Gordon Hayward would probably be like twenty, twenty-four million dollars per year. Exactly. Well, so, it also depends on like if, it, your max contract can depend on if you're staying with your current team or right. if you leave. Because bird if you rights. stay with your current team, it's five years. Yeah. If you leave, it's four. Right. And, and bird, certain bird rights right. come into play. Well, so and he, look, Mark, if if that's the number, right? If you're saying that Gordon Hayward's somewhere in between twenty and twenty-four million, then we've we've already we've already just, got the answer in terms of fitting Hayward onto the roster. If that's actually can, the number, they can already it could go up based on again the they, NBA. They already cap. have enough room for one more max contract, guys. So without Amir Johnson, twelve billion. Gerald Green. Five and and Jerebko yeah. five. You've already got twenty two million right there. I think there. Sellers up too. And you already have the room for one more max contract guy right now. So yes, you can make that happen. You can have three max contract guys and keep the pick. You can. You can do that. And that that's absolutely that can happen. That's the beauty of it. And I'm telling you right now, if the Celtics get like a two or three out of um, the lottery. They're going to trade down and get either Tatum or another piece. Right. Um, but if they get the normal pick, they got to go Mar- Markel Fultz. I mean, we we just, just have to hope the Nets get that number one pick. You, you, know? you don't want Lonzo Ball in his $650 oh shoes? Hey, 495 Well, not if you're a size 14 or higher. Yeah. Or two, yeah, 220 for slippers. And it's 600 Yeah, 220 <laughs> for sandals. <laughs> so, so What a you, crock it, of crap that is. If you want a pair of sandals and a shoe, it's what? Like a seven, grand? 700 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> for a guy that has not played a single game in the NBA. Insane. I don't think even like KDs are that much. Hey, LeVar Ridiculous. Ball, good luck paying off your debt. He's 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 whoring out his kids is what, is what he's doing. Yeah. And he's well, and he's also making it impossible for the uh, average Joe to afford the sneaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, it's called the Big Baller brand, so I guess he has no interest in big, selling to the big, average Joe. Right, Big Ballers yeah. have to buy those. All right, uh, 603-883-9900. A lot was made this week of the Adam Jones controversy. By now, I'm sure you all have heard. He heard a racial taunt at Fenway that was directed towards him. Uh, We'll get into that next on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire. Manchester's local ESPN. Yo, everybody get up. Everybody get up. Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep and she don't know where to find them. Yo, Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. When you need Spence a little too much time in the sun relief. Yikes. Oh, what the? Attack of the angry mosquito relief. Hey, watch this. Scraped knees. And an elbow. Relief. You need new Goldbond Pain and Itch Relief Cream with Lidocaine. Goldbond has the maximum strength lidocaine available without a prescription and starts working on contact to numb away pain and itch. New Goldbond with Lidocaine. Relief starts now. Use as directed. Hey, it's me, your piggy bank. Remember when you were a little kid? All the dimes and quarters in my back. Yeah, that was good times. Good times. Now lately, I gotta be honest, you've been ignoring me. Money's been slipping through your hands like a greased pig. (laughs) Get it? Because I'm a... Anyway, I know how it is. Now that you get a real paycheck, it's nice to have stuff. You'll start saving money next year. Well, I hate to tell you, but good saving habits start now. Put just 20 bucks in the bank a month. Make your own coffee at home instead of that latte every morning. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering in. Those changes alone could save you thousands of dollars a year. Come on, I'm your piggy bank. We can be together again, me and you. The special types. (laughs) Anyway, if you don't want me to cry anymore, feed me. Go to feedthepig.org for more ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. 
In the next 60 seconds, 156 people will be added to Earth's population. Many will face a life of poverty, hunger, and poor health. At some point, planet Earth may no longer be able to sustain our world's population. But overpopulation is not just a numbers game. It's also about a better quality of life, which includes access to basic health care, food, clean water, and a sustainable balance between people and our natural resources. If you think overpopulation is such a big problem that you can't make a difference, think again. Population Connection is the national grassroots organization that believes through education and information, individuals can make a difference. Take the time to make an investment in a better, safer, less crowded world. Even small choices can make an impact. To learn more, visit populationconnection.org. That's populationconnection.org. A public service message from Population Connection. Scores, standings, trades, and breaking news. This is your ESPN New Hampshire update. The Red Sox began their three-game series against the Minnesota Twins last night. Despite a late comeback, the Twins got a walk-off homer in the ninth from Joe Maurer to beat the Sox 4-3. Their road trip continues today. Rick Porcello will try and stop the bleeding for the Sox. First pitch is at 2-10. Cleveland beat the Raptors last night in Game 3 of the Eastern Conference Semifinal, 115-94. LeBron James led the Cavs with 35 points. Cleveland has not lost a game all postseason. They now lead the series 3-0. In the Western Conference, the Spurs beat the Rockets 103-92 in Game 3 to take a 2-1 series lead. The Celtics, they're coming off a huge loss in Game 3 to the Wizards on Thursday. C still lead the series 2-1. Game 4 is in Washington again tomorrow. Tip-off from the Verizon Center is at 6.30. In the NHL playoffs last night, the Blues beat Nashville 2-1 to stave off elimination. The Preds lead that series 3-2. And the Ducks beat the Oilers in 4-3 in overtime to take a 3-2 series lead. And today it's the 143rd running of the Kentucky Derby. That begins at 6 o'clock. You can catch the race on NBC. Coverage begins at 2.30. With your Sports Center update, I'm David Pollard. Don't go anywhere. The Sports Blast continues live from the ESPN New Hampshire studio in Nashua right now. Ashish Sharma, Brian Roach, Dave Pollard, and Mark Lazell. Oh, you suck! You suck! <laughs> the Sports Blast. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. All right, back here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire, ESPN, NHRadio.com. Uh, switching gears, I want to get into this topic. Uh, Adam Jones, by now I'm sure everyone's heard about this topic that has just blown up over the course of this week. What? Uh, you haven't heard? You've no, I haven't. Under a rock? I mean, I've been at Fenway the past 10 days, <laughs> yeah, I was I actually, hadn't heard. I was actually at this game, so I'm not <laughs> completely surprised because it was kind we of uh, dumb often on this. <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> I was at this game on Monday, and uh, it was Me kind too. of a wet, raw night. It was. Not a lot of people were there. So it was one of those games where if you're a player, you can kind of start hearing the voices. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when it's a full house, you mm-hmm. kind of everything Pay gets attention. Yeah. Things right. are a little bit more quiet there was like throughout one, the stadium. Right, there's like one fan. Also, the people that are there are cold and getting drunk. Yeah, yep. I was going to say, there's a bunch of drunks. Bad recipe. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to listen to the audio of Adam Jones describing what exactly happened to him on Monday, uh, and then we're going to discuss it. Uh, the fans, they don't need to welcome us. It's all part of the, of the competitive edge for the, for the fan base, too, to you know, tell the opponents, you know, you suck, ha-ha, you struck out, and you know, various things on your performance, which is completely understandable and in the lines of... Uh, just how sports work and how fan bases work and um, so I just heard that all night and then just caught something that caught my attention um, I heard the n-word and you know I, I, I get certain reactions when you know someone says something clever or says something really really stupid and ignorant and last night it was not clever it was really stupid and ignorant so it caught my attention and you know by the time you look back you can't tell who says what or who's doing what so I just was like okay this is really uh, it's really how it's gonna go down here. So, okay. Adam, I mean, do, just worry Adam, about do you think it was more than one person? I don't know. It's hard to uh, it's hard to say exactly who is what, whose voices are where. I mean, I'm focused on a game. Dylan Bunny was pitching a hell of a game, so I was focused on that. Adam, if the person or persons are watching right now, what would you say to them? Square up. Let's fight and get it over with. Adam, Adam, is this a Boston thing or a stupid person thing in your mind? 
I mean, I'm not going to go and say that, oh, all Boston fans are, are like this. That would is, is be very stupid for me to even mention something like that. I mean, my uh, career playing against the Red Sox has been amazing. They're, they support their fans. I mean, they support their players. Uh, I know the four franchises in this area have been very good, especially in my life. And um, so they, they expect winning. In, this, in the New England area, which is understandable, and they're very competitive as a fan base, which is completely understandable also. But in just things like this, they just don't uh, they don't have a place in the game. I mean, I thought we we moved past that a long time ago, but obviously with what's going on in the, you know in the real world, things like this, people are out people are uh, outraged and speaking up at an alarming rate, and it's unfortunate that uh, I had to be involved with it. Okay, first of all, kudos to Adam Jones for actually saying something and speaking up mm-hmm. because now more guys are coming out of the woodwork, uh, CC Sabathia being one of them. And uh, before that, we had never really heard anyone actually come out and say, yeah, we've been hearing this. People say the N-word. Well, yeah, but it doesn't just happen in Boston. Correct. No, no but, it happens everywhere. But, uh, it, happened, it does happen everywhere. But uh, it here's happened the thing. in San Francisco. A banana got thrown uh, at someone. Sure, sure, that happens. But I was talking to Dave about this yesterday, and he could probably shed the most light on this. Uh, because of the history of racism in Boston, we all know about you know the busing crisis you know, 30, 40, 40 years ago in Southie. And Dave, being from Southie, although you did not witness it, you know people who uh, – your parents witnessed it. You know people who are probably like 30, 40 years older than, her, than us who witnessed it. So you were telling me that you were not at all surprised to hear that this happened at Fenway. No, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm still kind of surprised that people who grew up in Boston would be surprised by this. Now, I think that one of the main things, before I even get to it, perfect example of why, because you just said, Brian, everyone, everyone has racists. You know, it happens everywhere. Right. Sure. Why does Boston get singled out? Because it's a big market. They have a they have a bad troubled history. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge the fact that the history is real mm-hmm. and that the people that perpetuated that history are still alive today. Their kids are still alive today. Right. And when you grow up isolated from a certain environment, you might not grow to learn what's right and wrong and you may think that what you're saying is funny, but it's not funny. And you have to sort of be taught that along the way. The reason I think that Boston still gets singled out, and there's no better example to me of why than this from Kurt Schilling, who didn't even grow up here, but this is sort of what you hear from people in Boston who just don't believe Adam Jones. Schilling said uh, on a webcast transcribed by the New York Daily News this week, I don't believe the story, given the world we live in, I don't believe it for this reason. Everyone is starving and hungry to sit in front of a camera and talk and be social justice warriors. And if a fan yelled loud enough in center field for Adam Jones to hear the N-word, I guarantee you we would have heard and seen fans around CNN or MSNBC. They would have found multiple fans to talk about what a racist piece of junk Boston is. And then he continues, if somebody did say it, we're going to see it, we're going to hear about it, and I would apologize to Adam Jones for doubting him, but until then, I think this is bleep, expletive, I think somebody is creating a situation. Now, Boston gets defensive about it. Nobody is saying that all of Boston is racist. That's a crazy thing to think. Right. Even Adam Jones just said that would be ignorant in and of itself to paint the whole city with a broad brush. Right. So people from Boston just need to stop thinking, you know, uh, people from other states say Boston's racist. Whatever. You don't live here. Right. You don't know people from Boston. But look, the history's there. Yeah. I grew up in South Boston. And you know what? There are still places in Southie, if you go to the right corners of Southie, where you'll see spray-painted on walls, spray-painted on train stations, spray-painted on mailboxes, the acronym KSW, which is Keep Southie White. Okay? And that is something that I grew up around. Absolutely. And until I got to high school and went to a public school, Boston Latin, and was around uh, other cultures, other races... I had no idea that this was a thing, that it was an issue, but I'd heard it, you know, and then you, you sort of get around the culture and you, you're told by people within those cultures, hey, that's not okay. And if you're never taught that, if you never right. learn that, it's never going to change. And, right. the, and the whole thing gets perpetuated and it gets passed down. I was, uh, I was dating a girl in high school who's, who had a Haitian friend. We used to hang out in Southie, and I distinctly remember, it's burned into my memory one time, we're walking down the street to my buddy's house, and there's these two 11-year-old girls. We were probably 15 at the time. These girls are maybe 11, 12. They're younger than me. 
And uh, we walk past them. They start sort of murmuring. I can hear them a little bit. But then they come outside their yard and they yell, hey, get that effing N-word out of this town. And I didn't even know what to say, you know, because I'd never really encountered it like that. That sort of vitriol, that sort of hate, that level of hate where and, and I'm thinking to myself, you're where are your parents? And now now I'm, I think back on it and I go, that's where they learned it from. Yeah. From their parents. You know, so it, there is a problem. And, and for anyone to think that this problem doesn't exist still... You're crazy. It's, it is a little bit crazy. Look, the busing situation in Southie was the epicenter of it. So I grew up in a place where it sort of exploded from. You know, and those people... I was just telling Ashish last night at the Herald, those people who grew up during the busing situation in Boston, they're still alive. They still go to Fenway Park. They have kids. Oh, they yeah. go to Fenway Park. They get drunk. They say stupid things. I heard two weeks ago someone at a bar talking about the Boston Marathon. They say it doesn't really matter. The N-words always win. Okay? This is the kind of stuff that happens. And if you grow up around it, you hear it. But if you don't learn that it's not okay, you're going to keep perpetuating it. So that's why I don't doubt it all. Because, look, not everyone in Boston is racist. Absolutely not. And that's not what I'm trying to say. It only takes one a-hole in the whole group to right. say something like that, though. So if you don't believe Adam Jones, you're foolish. And you don't know. You don't know what it's like to grow up in this area. And look, Southie was mostly white when I was growing up. And if you don't have uh, people of other races, other cultures around you, you're never going to learn why it's wrong. You'll never learn mm -hmm. that. So that still exists. Okay, that still exists, and it's not everyone. Look, Boston is a progressive town. It's, Massachusetts, on the whole, is a blue state, a very liberal state. And we have people of all cultures and all races that live in Boston. But that doesn't mean that there's not that section of people that grew up in a time where it was really uh, 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 just this ridiculous time in history, really, overall. Yeah. But in Boston, there was sort of this explosion of hatred that started with the desegregation of the schools and kids from uh, Roxbury High School coming into South Boston High School and also going the other way. You know, my mother had to transfer from South Boston High School to Roxbury High School, and she couldn't finish because of the violence that she encountered. I was telling Ashish, she had bricks thrown at her and couldn't finish high school because of that. So there was hate going both ways, but the hate existed. And the reason that I say that it's not surprising that even in 2017, you know, people say, oh, in this day and age, look, anything that's this day and age, there's still stuff rooted yep. within our history and people who still are alive today don't that aren't going to change yeah. at this point in their lives. Now, we don't know the age of the person that shouted this epithet. We don't know uh, the, even the race of the person who shouted this epithet. Right. But am I surprised? No. No, not at all. Because I hear it when I go out to bars in Southie and I hang out. And, you, and you're at like a, an Irish pub in Southie and you got old timers that I've definitely heard say it. You, you hear it everywhere. And I think this is like a sign of discomfort for me because we're not talking about the game of baseball. Mm -hmm. We're talking about life. Right. I mean, this this happens everywhere, and the fact that it's accepted, I mean, it, it shouldn't be. And I, I love the fact that Adam Jones did come out and, you know, let out his feelings because my have to. Yeah, perception is reality. Like, you, you look at it and you say, if somebody's going to say that to me, well, I can only speak upon it because I'm going to, you know, change other people's lives. And Adam Jones really resonated in me because I hear it all the time, and there's always a discomfort to me. And I'm not even, you know, African-American. All right, wrapping up hour number one here on the Sports Blast, ESPN New Hampshire. Don't go anywhere.